Bom dia, muito boa tarde, guten tag, hello and welcome to the event Energy Transition Challenges and Opportunities in Brazil. This event is promoted by the Embassy of Brazil in Germany in collaboration with the Ministry of Mines and Energy and the Brazilian Trade and Investment Promotion Agency, Apex Brasil. And uh, I would like to take this opportunity to thank our ambassador, Roberto Jaguaribe, and the team from the embassy uh, for organizing uh, this, uh, this event. My name is Thiago Barral. I'm president of EPE, the Brazilian Energy Studies and Research Office, a federal institution uh, of the Ministry of Mines and Energy in charge of providing national, um, providing official national energy statistics and energy planning studies to support policymaking, energy policymaking, implementation and assessment. And we also make our studies and data open and publicly available in order to reduce asymmetry of information in the energy market. Our flagship publications include the annual editions of both the National Energy Balance and the 10-year Energy Plan, as well as the uh, National Energy Plan with a time horizon of 30 years ahead. And the latest edition available uh, is the 2050 Energy Plan. Well, this event takes place in a very special week, which is just when we have the 2022 edition of the Berlin Energy Transition Dialogue. BETD, an event where energy leaders from Germany and from around the globe gather to assess the state of the energy transition and discuss what's next. This year, given the conflict situation in Ukraine, governments, organizations and the private sector are trying to figure out how to best combine the imperatives of both energy transition and energy security. The numbers are challenging. 78% of energy supply in OECD countries is still from fossil fuels. And the challenge is to ensure the balance of energy supply and demand, including the short and medium term, while accelerating the pace of decarbonization and pursuing climate resilience. Combining energy security and the energy transition might look like a contradiction to some, but it's not. It's a process in which we take solid steps to create a new energy system based on clean energy and carbon capture uh, without destroying in advance the existing system and infrastructure. In fact, most of the existing fossil and fossil-based infrastructure will likely be repurposed along the process. To put us on track for limiting temperature rise, we need to deploy as fast as possible clean energy resources, technologies and business models that are already mature and competitive. But this won't be enough. According to the IEA, the International Energy Agency, more than 40% of energy related carbon abatement still depends on business models and technologies that are not ready for commercial scale up and deployment. And that's why, meanwhile, we need 
more investments in research and innovation and also put policies in place to foster new clean energy scalable solutions. At this event today, we'll cover two very important topics for the current state of the energy transition globally, hydrogen and sustainable biofuels. Both have a critical role in reducing the carbon footprint of energy production and use, particularly in transportation and industry, but also in the power sector. We'll have a panel to cover each of these topics. First, hydrogen, then biofuels, with focus on the opportunities and challenges for Brazil. And I'm excited, excited to join a set of distinguished experts from Brazil and Germany to hear their perspectives on key issues. But before we move on, I'd like to provide an overview of the Brazilian energy sector, the national energy planning highlights, and some of the key policies to foster energy transition in Brazil, one of the largest economies in the world. So I would like to start with this overview by providing some context of the Brazilian energy sector. And this context, I want to mention three main aspects that I consider relevant. The first one is the scale of the energy markets in Brazil. Just to give you an idea, Brazil is the second largest biofuel producer and consumer market. Brazil is the fourth largest automotive fuels market in the world. It's the seventh largest oil producer and exporting country. It's the seventh largest installed capacity generation of electricity in the world globally, and the seventh largest onshore wind market. It's the second largest hydropower generation market. So these figures provide an overview of the scale of the market in Brazil the importance that Brazil plays in a global energy market. The second point that I would like to, uh, to mention with regard to a general context is that energy demand in Brazil is on the rise. It has been on the rise. And, and that's important to meet social and economic requirements, development requirements. Two-thirds of this energy demand are for transportation and industry. So that's uh, an, also an important figure. And electricity is 18% uh, of the total energy consumption, energy demand in Brazil. Still, um, so it's important to, to mention that energy demands on, on the rise, but still energy consumption, consumption per capita in Brazil is at very low levels in comparison with OECD countries. So uh, that's uh, something very, uh, I mean, particular when uh, we look at uh, uh, developing countries and emerging economies. So we still have a need for energy to, uh, to support social and economic development. And we will need uh, about 2.5% per year growth in energy supply and 3.5% per year, electricity demand growth, uh, uh, electricity 3.5% uh, 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 increase in 
electricity supply in the coming years to support social and economic development. Now, finally, I think it's important to mention the outstanding contribution of renewables in the Brazilian energy mix. So 50, almost 50%, 48 to be more precise, of energy supply in 2020 in Brazil was coming from renewables. That's one of the highest levels uh, and particularly one of the uh, probably the highest among uh, the large, largest economies, largest economies in the world. And when we look at the power sector, electricity, uh, the figures are even higher. 85% of electricity supply in 2020 in Brazil was from renewable energies. So uh, it's important then to summarize this context. Brazil is, is a market that has scale. It's still a growing market to, need, to meet the social and economic development requirements. And uh, still it's a very renewable when it's very renewable energy when compared to other uh, uh, com uh, countries, in particular uh, OECD countries. So given this uh, general context, how come, I think it's important to, to, to answer a question, how come um, Brazil's energy mix is so green in comparison with other countries? And I, this is obviously not by chance that we have these numbers. This is a consequence, this is a result of a number of policies and technology innovation in line with the country's most competitive resources. For example, we have ethanol and biodiesel blending mandates and programs based on flex fuel uh, vehicles that have boosted the use of sustainable biofuels in the, uh, uh, along the years. And that's why uh, we have 25% renewable energy in the transportation sector, for example, which is a, a, an impressive figure. We have also, along uh, many years, uh, had hydropower concessions. We have had renewable energy auctions focused on uh, wind energy, solar energy, and biomass, uh, and, and electricity from biomass and biogas. These auctions really uh, uh, accelerated the pace of deployment of wind and solar, in particular in Brazil, renewable energy auctions. We have had a number of uh, pro, uh, auction, transmission auctions based on proactive transmission planning to enable competition and fast deployment of variable renewables in the power sector. So transmission is a critical infrastructure and it has been deployed in Brazil very fast as well. And we also have uh, other policies that have been um, uh, put in place in the country, such as um, net metering scheme for distributor generation, mostly solar, and research and development investment mandates for companies investing in the country. So uh, all combined, these policies and these investments along the years have delivered this very renewable energy mix that we, that we have today. But I, have, I, but I like to say that Brazil is very renewable, yet in transition, and it has to continue this transition because 
we still have a long way to reach carbon neutrality by 2050, which is a, a pledge announced by Brazil uh, in, in, in the past year. So uh, we still need to develop a number of policies and technologies that are currently not mature enough to be scale up, scaled up uh, fast enough. So we have two challenges, is to continue deploying those technologies and business models that are mature, based on clean energies that are mature and competitive, and also prepare the ground for new technologies and new business models that are still not mature. In fact, the International Energy Agency mentions in their uh, uh, reports that around 40% of the carbon abatement, of uh, energy-related carbon abatement to reach carbon neutrality still depends on technologies uh, that are not ready to be commercially scaled up. So um, for that, I have to, I'd like to mention some of the most recent policies put in place in Brazil, uh, starting with Renova Bio, the national biofuels policy, which is based on a carbon in, uh, a targets for reducing carbon intensity in the transport sector with use of sustainable biofuels and market mechanisms to, to price carbon-related uh, abat abatement with the use of fossil fuels, or of, with the use of uh, uh, sustainable biofuels, replacing fossil fuels. So this is in place, and this is, uh, um, uh, it's been operational uh, already uh, two years uh, uh, with very positive results so far. Another policy announced and under development at this point is the National Hydrogen Program announced last year and uh, which has been implemented with six axes of action and a number of guidelines that have been published uh, uh, last year, uh, mid last year. And we are now working very hard to put them uh, uh, under operational uh, conditions. We have also last year had the Fuel of the Future program announced by the government, and it also has six axes to speed up regulatory framework uh, and market development uh, for low carbon fuels to replace uh, uh, the most uh, carbon intensity fuels, carbon intensive fuels. So that includes uh, all types of low carbon fuels. And this is, so this is a very promising policy under implementation in Brazil at this point. We also had last Monday, actually one week ago, the federal government announcing a biomethane fostering program that is uh, also uh, going to help the country meet its uh, reduction of methane emissions while uh, uh, improving the, uh, increasing the use of renewable energies. In, in the energy mix. Uh, we have also had January this year, a new decree with a number of, uh, uh, of very important frameworks, of, uh, a very important framework for uh, offshore wind also, uh, also in place now, uh, taking care of seabed rights and granting processes. And uh, we have already seen the private sector responding very positively to that. 
so these are just some of the newest policies in place focused on the energy transition. And we think uh, these are, uh, there are many others such as R&D policies uh, for, uh, towards energy transition, um, uh, the, con the continuous work with nuclear technologies uh, as well. And uh, just to finish this, uh, this comment, uh, it's important to mention that uh, meanwhile, oil and gas industry has not been abandoned in Brazil. Brazil, like I said, is the seventh largest producer and exporter of, uh, of, um, of, of uh, oil. And, and uh, so this is very important at this point for energy security. And what we want to do is to, and what we've been doing is uh, to uh, put in place a number of policies so that the oil and gas industry and the automotive industries help fund pilot demonstration projects and technologies, such as second generation ethanol plants, new offshore plants and, uh, that have been announced, um, uh, fuel cells, biomethane buses and trucks, and hydrogen, large scale hydrogen projects. All of those synergies are possible. And, and, we, uh, and, and uh, the idea is to, to have the oil and gas industry as a partner in transitioning, in changing the infrastructure uh, and repurposing the infrastructure uh, as we move towards uh, 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 carbon neutrality by 2050. And to give a very concrete uh, idea of how to reach that, uh, EPE in partnership with the IDB, uh, the Inter-American Inter Development Bank and SEBRI, a think tank in Brazil, we have uh, put in place the energy transition program which is currently developing net zero scenarios by 2050 uh, in Brazil. And these, uh, uh, this work has been uh, you know, developed with uh, collaboration of the private sector as well. And we'll have uh, scenarios for, uh, uh, for understanding the steps and the opportunities in more detail for this specific case of Brazil to reach carbon neutrality and, and the Paris Agreement uh, uh, targets. To finish, I would like to mention that international collaboration is a key component of, this, uh, of, of the work that uh, Brazil has done in the energy sector. We have uh, been very active in international forum. For example, the International Energy Agency, Brazil is an association country and has been very active in this community, uh, also with uh, collaboration with OLADE in Latin America and the Caribbean, IRENA, uh, the International Renewable Energy Agency, the Clean Energy Ministerial, Mission Innovation, G20, the World Economic Forum. We have tried to be uh, the most active as possible for sharing experiences and learning from other uh, institutions and countries to speed up uh, the pace of transformation and, and, and having policies, uh, uh, the right policies uh, at the right time uh, in, in the energy sector in Brazil. And uh, I have mentioned uh, multilateral forum. 
but also bilateral cooperation is uh, one of the key aspects in many of these policies, including the hydrogen, national hydrogen program. And uh, it's very important. I'm uh, in Germany right now at the Brazilian embassy in Germany and uh, the, the Brazil-Germany Brazil energy partnership and collaboration is a very strong one. And, and we think this is uh, uh, critical for the success of our countries in delivering the impact that we need and, and, and the transformation that we need, uh, particularly uh, in some of these new policies and new technologies uh, that need to be developed and deployed as fast as we can. So uh, I will stop here because ahead of us, we have two very important panels uh, the first one, like I mentioned, is uh, advancing clean hydrogen through policies, market and partnerships. And for this, uh, so for this panel, I would like to invite our panelists today. Uh, we have here with us Agnes da Costa. Agnes is, is an economist and she's the, uh, the head of, of the regulatory advisory um, um, sorry, the, the head of the regulatory advisory office at the Brazilian Ministry of Mines and Energy. And she is uh, internationally recognized uh, energy specialist with more than 15 years advising ministers in, uh, in energy and natural resources. Uh, and she's particularly experiencing policy design in Brazil. Thank you, Agnes, for joining us today. Uh, we'll have a, a short presentation by Agnes, and then afterwards, we'll hear from uh, our panelists, starting uh, with Andre Clark. Andre Clark is a senior vice president of Siemens Energy uh, Hub in Latin America, a great friend and one of the, uh, the leading uh, uh, experts uh, in, in the energy transition program that I just mentioned, uh, which is developing uh, carbon neutrality uh, scenarios for Brazil. So thank you uh, also, Andrea, for joining us. Andrea, I have to mention, he's also the general uh, manager of Siemens Energy Brazil, and he was previously uh, president and CEO of Siemens Brazil, and also CEO of Acciona in Brazil, uh, for Brazil, Bolivia, Uruguay, and Paraguay. And uh, Andrea sits on, on the board. He's a board member of a number of industry associations He's been doing a great work in, uh, with regard to energy transition in Brazil. Um, we also have here at this panel today, uh, 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 Maike Schmidt. Uh, Maike, uh, uh, she, since 2006, she's part of the scientific uh, staff of the Center of uh, Solar Energy and Hydrogen Research, Baden-Württemberg, in the Department of System Analysis in Stuttgart. And since November 2014, she's heading the Department of System Analysis. In addition, I have to say that she's a member of, uh, uh, of the Climate Expert Council of the state of Baden-Württemberg. And she's been working uh, uh, with many topics, very interesting, uh, but uh, related to renewable energy, batteries, fuel cells, and hydrogen technologies. Thank you, Micah, uh, for joining us. Um, we also have uh, Professor Paulo Miranda, Paulo Emilio, uh, also 
uh, a leading expert of, uh, in the topic of hydrogen in Brazil. Paulo is a professor at the Federal University of Rio de Janeiro, and he's head of the hydrogen lab uh, at the university. He is uh, president of the Brazilian Hydrogen Association, and he's member of the board of directors of the International Association of Hydrogen and Hydrogen Energy. And, fin uh, and last but not least, we have Carlos Alexandre Pires, Príncipe Pires, Calex, as we all know him. Uh, Calex is the director of the Department for, uh, for Energy Development of the Ministry of Mines and Energy uh, in Brazil. And he's, uh, he has a large experience in the Ministry of Mines and Energy in policy, supporting policy making, including topics uh, such as energy efficiency and more recently, also um, uh, hydrogen. He's postgraduated post in policy, public policy and government, government management in energy and mining sectors. So, uh, so we have this uh, distinguished panel. And so we start with a short presentation by Agnes. And then we hear from Andrea, uh, Maika, uh, Paulo and Carlos some of their uh, key uh, perspectives uh, with regard to uh, the state of the art in, in the hydrogen market. So uh, with no further ado, Agnes, you have uh, the stage, the, the floor is, is, your, is yours for a 10 to 15 minute uh, overview on, on policy, hydrogen policy in Brazil. Thank you. Thank you, Bahau. It's hard to speak after you because you have given us so many insights and information. But uh, to dig in a bit more in hydrogen, what I think it's important to understand is um, what is the stage of uh, hydrogen uh, deployment and development in Brazil? So uh, in terms of policy design, this is a discussion that has started in the late uh, 2020 uh, because of this discussion about the European Green Deal after COVID. Uh, and as a response, we have seen several countries uh, starting to discuss their energy transition strategy uh, and a, a lot of about electrification and hydrogen was one of the big stars of that moment. And, and what we see were uh, several European countries looking for competitive green hydrogen export markets. Uh, so uh, naturally, Brazil is a, a big candidate uh, and pro or a promising candidate uh, uh, for the export of green hydrogen because of its abundant and competitive clean energy. Uh, and then we saw by the end of 2020 that it was time to, to to sit down and discuss which approach would be the best suited for the country. Um, but what is also important to mention, and I think that Paulo Emilio will be able to discuss this uh, later, is that um, hydrogen uh, or the development of technology around hydrogen is not new in Brazil. We started in 2002 uh, and, uh, with R&D projects. Uh, and looking into several routes. So, of course, renewables, so based on ethanol, hydro, wind, and solar, but also on natural gas. And as, as outcomes, we have developed several pilot projects with different technologies, like a bus fleet in Rio, in power generation and energy storage in ethanol fuel cells. Uh, and we have also enabled uh, the creation of, and strategical positioning of startups like Hytron, Electrocell, and Ergostec. Uh, and 
and with time, what we see uh, when we think about uh, production and demand, we have in Brazil four uh, big uh, companies providing hydrogen as uh, technical gases in Brazil. And Petrobras, uh, the big oil uh, state-controlled company, is the major producer, but uh, only for internal usage. Uh, we don't have in Brazil liquefying uh, of hydrogen yet. Uh, uh, the gas is transported by truck in pressurized cylinders uh, uh, to consumption. And the main applications for hydrogen in Brazil are petrochemical for refining of oil products, steel industry for tempering furnaces, food industry for hydrogenation, for example, for migraine, glass industry for tempering furnaces, and also thermoelectric power plant for turbine cooling. Uh, but there is no commercial use for hydrogen for energy purposes yet. So this is uh, where we started looking at it differently. And uh, uh, we, we have been uh, discussing hydrogen in a more systematic way since uh, 2021 and its role in our energy transition strategy. So. Uh, last year, we published our 30-year energy expansion plan already showing hydrogen uh, as one uh, promising disruptive technology. In February 2021, the National Council for Energy Policy also defined hydrogen as one of our key strategic areas for public and publicly oriented innovation investments. Uh, after that, uh, the Energy Research Office report on the basis for a national strategy on hydrogen and as mentioned by Bahau, in August uh, last year, the National Council for Energy Policy established about 50 directives for our uh, hydrogen national program. So um, when, when we look uh, to hydrogen in Brazil, we are thinking, of course, about exports, but how to foster the domestic uh, market for hydrogen in terms of supply and demand. So. We know, and, and Bahá'u already mentioned, that we have an abundance of competitive clean energy, electricity specifically, so that we know that we are going to play an important role as a, a low-carbon hydrogen exported. But we have to, to think uh, uh, how to develop the market in Brazil, looking at, into this big country uh, with several uh, natural uh, uh, characteristics. So we have weather, we have soil, we have several uh, abundant uh, natural resources, and we have to see how we connect all these small markets and, and resources to develop a hydrogen, a low carbon hydrogen market. Uh, and uh, so what, where do we see potentials in Brazil? We think about the demand for fertilizers, uh, thinking about green ammonia, for example, but also uh, um, about the production of advanced biofuels like HVO and biojet fuel. Uh, we think, of course, like other countries, in energy storage in case of variable power generation. Uh, we think uh, in using hydrogen as well in fuel cells for light and heavy vehicles. Uh, and one of the things that we have been discussing with industry is uh, coming uh, uh, at some point to the green steel. So using hydrogen uh, for direct redu reduction of steel. Uh, uh, and so when we think about hydrogen, we think about the policy. But on the other hand, we have to help industries to 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 undergo their their energy transition strategies as well. And of course, in green methanol for bio biodiesel production. Uh, and of course, as mentioned, we we know in Brazil that uh, in energy we have to 
to depend on their private-led investments. And we have seen uh, private uh, actors showing interest in developing uh, green hydrogen uh, for export at this point and uh, looking in other routes as well. Uh, we know, and it's very important, that we uh, keep fostering our uh, international cooperation uh, on this a bit later. Um, and so another point that is very important is that we continue to uh, apply resources for R&D to decarbonize our energy systems and hydrogen will take an important part in this as well. So uh, in, we are undergoing a power sector reform, uh, this is, which is marked by a major integration of renewables and uh, the Ministry of Mines and Energy together with the Ministry of Science, Technology and Information, uh, Innovation are building a shared government structure on science, um, technology and innovation policies for the energy and mining sectors. We have to think also about uh, mineral resources for energy transition. Uh, the Ministry of Science and Technology has already started discussing with the Ministry of Edu Education regarding capacity building for the hydrogen industry. And as mentioned before, in February 2001, the National Council for Energy Policy has published this resolution orienting uh, the regulatory agencies in, power, in the power sector and in the oil and gas sector to prioritize the destination of regulated R&D resources to seven themes, seven themes related to energy transition, one of them being hydrogen. And we took part last year in the UN high-level dialogue on energy, and Brazil was a champion on energy transition. Uh, and we prob we presented then an, an energy compact, so a voluntary commitment in hydrogen, and uh, it's based on um, or our compact or our voluntary commitment is looking forward to create knowledge in hydrogen in Brazil uh, uh, based on three pillars, being one of them, uh, the investments, R&D investments. So uh, we are uh, building um, uh, uh, R&D policy uh, uh, together with both regulatory agencies, uh, the national, uh, the regulatory agency for the oil and gas sector and for the power sector to uh, to call projects, call for projects for hydrogen. Uh, I think by beginning of next year. And uh, when we think uh, about a roadmap to decarbonize economies and the the, the role that hydrogen can play. Uh, we are seeing uh, several countries developing their policies or strategies. And as Bahal mentioned, we are working on our uh, uh, national program for hydrogen, uh, which we see as a living or organic public policy. Uh, so we, we published the um, directives last year, and they are based uh, on three interdependent uh, pillars. So we know that we have to develop public policies, technology, and the market at the same time. And the directives are um, gathered around uh, six axes. So one being, the, of course, the strengthen strengthening of technological bases, the training and capacity building, then energy planning. Uh, the development of legal and regulatory framework, uh, market growth and competitiveness, 
and of course international cooperation uh, and now at this point we are designing uh, a multi uh, multi-stakeholder government structure so that uh, we can work together with private sector with academy uh, academia and research uh, to uh, to fill in the the blanks and develop a, a, a comprehensive market for hydrogen in brazil uh, what are our goals they are to gain scale and reduce costs and of course to build infrastructures that uh, enable uh, the whole country to benefit from a hydrogen economy uh, and we are also focused on disseminating information about hydrogen reducing information asymmetries and transaction costs so there is uh, the designing of a platform for green hydrogen through our cooperation with germany and we are to design a comprehensive platform for hydrogen uh, based on our voluntary commitment uh, uh, established uh, uh, in the dialogue last year uh, at the United Nations. And when we think about the roles for the private sector and partnerships, uh, the, the National Programme for Hydrogen is paying attention to the internalization of value chains, uh, so developing an internal market for uh, uh, products, uh, goods and services linked to hydrogen, but also on the other hand to make Brazil participate in the global uh, hydrogen value chain. And what we are witnessing we are when we are uh, accompanying all the projects that are being announced by state federal governments, uh, they are already developing their strategies, uh, thinking about these uh, entrepreneurial partnerships. And uh, to conclude, uh, um, what, what we see as a major contribution of international cooperation for the development of the hydrogen market and industry in Brazil, uh, of course, as Bahal mentioned, for, techno for continuing technological development, the International Energy Agency Net Zero report stated that 50% of the technology needed for Net Zero by 2015 has, hasn't been uh, developed yet or isn't, is in its and theirs uh, early stage of development. Another issue that is very important for us when we think about a global uh, decarbonized economy is to work together in taxonomy, in certifications for low hydrogen. So Brazil has what we call a colorblind approach. We are not uh, really uh, linked or, or, or based on any specific route. But we know that together the world is going to uh, prefer low carbon energy resources. So we have to think about certification and taxonomy for low carbon hydrogen. And of course, we we almost uh, we we utmost uh, welcome resources for project development. We know that we are starting with a lot of uh, pilot projects, but uh, this may gain scale, and and we will need resources for this. So I think <laughs> I have covered a bit of uh, of the issues that uh, we are looking into right now, and I'm very pleased to be here and and participate in the coming discussion. Thank you. Thank you, Agnes, for providing this overview on, on, on policy uh, with regard to hydrogen. And it's very obviously very interesting to see how the country is moving towards uh, having a more um, clear uh, goal in, in, in the development of this industry uh, and in partnership. So and and, you know, given the resources that the country has, it has the potential to be a very competitive uh, producer of hydrogen, low carbon hydrogen. And 
and uh, of course also take uh, take advantage of the uh, of the all the innovation that comes with uh, this new industry. Uh, speaking of innovation, uh, I would like to invite Andre. Andre Clark is is has been very vocal with regard to uh, the the opportunities of hydrogen. Uh, but I also would like to to hear from your side uh, what gaps you see. How how do you see the state of of this market? Because uh, you know we we have many countries establishing strategies, including Brazil, uh, willing to be part of this new industry that is uh, uh, to be disruptive in the, in the way uh, we we have the energy systems. Uh, so, uh, what is your perspective, Andrea? With regard to the, the the current state and what uh, uh, what is the roadmap for us to move forward? Thank you, Tiago, uh, for the opportunity. First of all, just to congratulate uh, Ambassador Jawaribi and Apex for this event. Uh, uh, please, ladies and gentlemen, these three people here, Tiago, Carlos, and Agnes are a policy reference to us all. So it's a privilege to be here with you. Uh, they are uh, uh, directed by dialogue. They listen. There's no reason to be vocal if there's nobody listening. And, and they are powerful, powerful policymakers, as you could see from Agnes. It's been a privilege to work together that way. As I told Ambassador Jaguaribe, the German-Brazilian relationship, history and present, is dense. It's dense in academia and science. It's dense in culture. It's dense in the fight for democracy. It's dense in business and the history of its own industry. Siemens and Siemens Energy itself is present in Brazil for 140 years. So. Uh, we've been participating and privileged in participating for so long in this uh, in this partnership, and it keeps giving birth to a number of very important uh, outcomes. The next one, the now one, is energy. Imagine a full trade of energy between Brazil and Germany at scale. I think that Tiago in his opening speech uh, that differentiated the Brazilian case. It's one of the few uh, countries at scale on renewable and green hydrogen. Also in oil and gas now, right? So what, what's going on in Brazil in, the exact, in this exact moment? And I think it's quite relevant to remember that. Brazil is about to become the fifth largest oil and gas exporter in the planet. This oil is explored 300 kilometers away from the coast, 7,000 meters below the surface of water, and it's one of the most decarbonized oils in the planet, just after the, the Middle Eastern oil. And it has been growing production precipitously. So it is a player now. Also, Brazil is the fourth largest onshore wind power generation. 
And it is, according to Irina, the lowest marginal cost producer. Why? Because the usage factor of a wind turbine in the Brazilian winds, particularly in the Northeast, is 60%. Other regions in the world are happy when they reach 30. This makes the space extremely competitive. We've been seeing renewable energy in auctions going on for below the $25 per megawatt. This is very important. Extremely competitive renewable energy now. Further, Brazil, as Tiago told us, has a hydropower uh, energy matrix. In hydropower, in the rainy season, there's energy being produced, inverted out of the uh, reservoir, not generating energy because the network doesn't take it. So we have during, throughout the wet season, energy at zero marginal cost now. This is the reason why uh, energy, renewable energy is so competitive in Brazil. Further, in Brazil, the, the wind blows at night with the expansion of both utility and distributed solar energy, this will get, get more competitive as we go on. All of this, all of these ideas, you can read on uh, Tiago's uh, EPE reports. It's open to the public and, and I recommend whoever is uh, studying in Brazil, read those EPE reports. Finally, the regulatory model in Brazil allows for the private sector uh, to play extensively. Just recently, in the last year or so, 87% of the wind power expansion came from bilateral uh, power purchase agreements without government act, uh, auctions. There's a huge free market uh, going on right now. This is the this makes the country ready for international partnerships or power purchase agreements regarding hydrogen or the likes immediately at a huge scale. This is what we're seeing. The first uh, project, and we are extremely involved with about six really large scale ones, are the ones who consider four players together. Which are they? First, a very large renewable energy producer who's willing to you know, burst the ceiling of, uh, of, the, of the local energy demand. They want to export energy to say. Second, a off-taker of hydrogen, producer of fertilizer, green ammonia, hydrogenated vegetable oils, HVO, right? The, uh, like, uh, it's, a, it's a new generation of biodiesel, truck and bus manufacturers, and steel makers. This is the second uh, composition. The industrial gas uh, player usually makes a good formation of an investment group and, there, and also a technology provider such as ourselves. These are the characteristics of the projects that are uh, being born right now. If I had to say, our calculations are showing that by uh, 
2024-25, we will see the first uh, really large hydrogen, uh, green hydrogen facilities uh, go, coming online in the coastal sites of Brazil uh, with a certain certainty. It's amazing how these projects are progressing. Some of them with the help and assistance of the uh, German uh, diplomatic um, uh, community. And it's uh, quite, quite promising. We are quite bullish about these projects. These are, in our view, the first wave of, of projects. Uh, these are the first waves that define the usage, the offtake of hydrogen. And this, Tiago, is the key, the key uh, aspect that we need to develop to reach our decarbonization strategy, both national and international. This is where we need to scale up. We need offtakers and we need the logistics on both sides, Brazil, to export, Europe to import, and decide on the standard of that. Are we exporting green ammonia? Are we exporting hydrogen itself? What will be uh, the base so that we can actually scale up? From the size of the interests of both domestic and international capitals in this game, I would say that this is the next um, challenge. And this is where the countries, particularly at government level, should make an accord on how this logistics and the offtakes will actually uh, be detailed, the infrastructure of transportation. This is it. Those are my uh, first remarks. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you, Andrea. Uh, um... It's really interesting to hear you speak about uh, large projects and, and, and you're very convincing of how real they can be. Uh, so it, it, it shows the confidence uh, in the technology, shows the confidence in the market. And, uh, and uh, what we need now is to have the coordination to have supply and demand uh, you know, uh, growing at the same pace so that we can have and establish a growing supply chain and demand and off-takers uh, to, to get this market uh, uh, you know, growing and, and getting uh, stronger with time. Uh, I have a number of, uh, I would like to go back, uh, come back with this issue. Uh, is it about mandates? It's, uh, is it about long-term PPAs? Is it about, uh, so how, how can we, move uh, in that direction but before i would like to uh, close the round of uh, uh, with our panelists uh, and next i would like to invite micah uh, to join us uh, in this conversation and micah um, uh, so uh, could you tell us a little bit about your research and and how do you see uh, the the hydrogen market and and the use of this technology uh, how do you see that uh, from from your perspective and uh, some of the challenges or uh, opportunities that you would like to highlight in in this uh, first round 
Thank you very much for the invitation and the opportunity to speak here today. I highly appreciate the privilege uh, to be invited and to bring in the German and um, European perspective into this dialogue. And of course, I want to start with a European perspective right now. Um, Europe has set itself a goal of becoming climate neutral by 2050. Germany even wants to achieve this by 2045. And this means that in less than 25 or 30 years, we will have to completely do without fossil fuels. Today, around 80% of the primary energy, energy consumption still come from fossil fuels in Germany and Europe. So um, we all are convinced that such a development is not possible without the widespread use of climate neutral hydrogen. And particularly in the energy intensive industries, steel industry, chemical industry, cement industry, paper industry, glass industry, but also in the mobility sector, decarbonization can only be achieved through the use of green hydrogen. And the earlier climate neutrality is to be achieved, the higher the required share of green hydrogen and its synthetic downstream products such as green ammonia, green methanol and green hydrocarbons for aviation and international maritime shipping, um, because then there is less time to develop technological alternatives. This applies not only to Germany and Europe, um, but also worldwide. And we've already heard um, about Brazil that they are, we are in the same uh, game. So they are also thinking about decarbonizing uh, those industries with hydrogen. And this is the same strategy that Germany and Europe has. But until February 2024, uh, uh, no, until February the 24th of 2022, sorry, the transition path to a climate-neutral economic system in Germany focused on natural gas as a more climate-friendly transition technology for industry, the power sector and heat supply for buildings in combination with the so-called magic formula being hydrogen ready, which means that the technologies to be installed should first use natural gas um, but already be designed in a way that they can later be converted to hydrogen when a world market for green hydrogen has been established, when solutions for transporting hydrogen over long distances have been found, and when green hydrogen is available in sufficient quantities. But with the Russian attack on Ukraine, this bridge of natural gas to the climate neutral era is no longer viable. Germany and Europe now need much larger quantities of green hydrogen much earlier to secure their energy supply. And from my point of view, this is where a very large opportunity opens up for Brazil. With a renewable generation potential that exceeds Brazil's projected 2050 energy demand by a factor of 17, and a power generation which is already to at 85% uh, renewable, Brazil can, from my point of view, very quickly develop additional renewable power generation capacity for climate neutral hydrogen production. And with an average renewable electricity production cost of uh, 30 US dollar per megawatt hour, as was already told by, um, um, by Andre, um, for projects in the year 2021 in Brazil, green hydrogen should already be very cost effective to produce 
And uh, for the future, Bloomberg New Energy Finance forecasts that Brazil will be the country with the lowest hydrogen production costs um, um, in every place in the world. So this will provide a very large competitive advantage for the Brazilian economy. Especially when you look at green mining or green steel and green chemicals like ammonia and methanol, the use of green hydrogen offers, from my point of view, new options for value creation for the Brazilian economy. The goals of climate neutral production at the corporate level, and we already mentioned that there are several uh, companies in Germany taking this at very um, high importance, will force the use of climate neutral primary products in the medium term. And this can also be a great opportunity for the Brazilian companies to position themselves and generate more value added shares in the future. And also the opportunity for Brazil as a hydrogen exporter to enter in a long-term energy partnership with Europe is at least as large. Germany has already created a kind of global marketplace by linking supply and demand of green hydrogen, green ammonia and green methanol with the H2 Global platform. And uh, this concept is designed in a way uh, that any additional cost for the green characteristics of the product, the green hydrogen or the green ammonia or the green methanol, are initially borne by Germany. So in this way, Brazil could secure sales potential as a first mover. The first auctions uh, on this H2 Global platform will take place in this year, 2022, and the first delivery is planned for 2024. And maybe with the projects that Andre already mentioned, there's a possibility to um, take part in this H2 Global platform and become um, the first one to deliver green hydrogen products to Germany for Brazil. Of course, this must be completed by the development of the appropriate infrastructures for hydrogen, ammonia and methanol exports. Investments in ports, Infrastructure and shipping fleets must be made by both partners, Brazil and also in Europe, and we need the money to invest here. But I think that with a long-standing very good relations, especially at the corporate level, many German companies have production sites in Brazil. Um, an ideal precondition for a joint success story in green hydrogen is already in place. And so the green hydrogen future can become reality as quickly as possible. And I think that from my point of view, um, the most important things to do as next steps is scaling up electrolysis technology uh, and just ramping up the market and the green hydrogen production and also the production of green ammonia and methanol to make the next steps into a climate neutral future. Thank you so much for, uh, for this time. Thank you, Maike, and uh, thanks for, for uh, making sense of the current geopolitical situation and, and, and the impact it has on, on the energy transition. And I think it, you made it very clear that um, uh, energy transition is hand in hand with uh, energy security. And, uh, in, you know, uh, accelerating this uh, uh, these policies uh, in, in your perspective and, and, and that's, uh, um, that's a way of uh, reducing vulnerabilities in, 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 the, current, uh, in the current moment. Uh, so um, 
thank you for for that and i would like now to invite uh professor paulo emilio uh for joining this conversation now uh paulo uh you have been uh, in contact with so many companies and you have uh, also uh, been part of many technical discussions research uh, so how do you see the current uh, moment and uh, uh, how do you see the you know companies in the value chain of hydrogen really are are they ready to deliver uh, this uh, this ambition that we have uh, heard from andrea and and Micah? Okay, Thiago, thank you very much for your introduction and your question. And uh, it's a pleasure for me to be here to speak a little bit about uh, the Hydrogen Association in Brazil. And uh, I thank you very much the organizers for uh, this opportunity. And I would say that it's much easier to speak now because of all... Um, let's say, inputs we have had uh, before here. So I'm going to begin telling you that uh, um, Brazil has been investing in research and development uh, on hydrogen and fuel cell uh, areas uh, for a long time. For example, the first one kilowatt fuel cell uh, was developed in Brazil in the 1970s. So after that, um, we had a, an important effort, um, policies effort, as um, Agnes mentioned in, in the beginning of the 2000s. And Brazil was also a co-founder of the International Partnership for Hydrogen and Fuel Cells in the economy. And um, the Brazilian Hydrogen Association is a very young association. It was founded only five years ago within an uh, academic environment, but with a challenge uh, to reach the industry, to work with the industry in Brazil. And the result was fantastic. So I'm going to ask you, please, to put uh, uh, the first of the two slides that I brought to show here to you. You see, these are uh, the Brazilian Hydrogen Association members uh, today. In only five years, the association has more than 40 uh, industries that uh, are actively participating um, in all activities that are being developed in this area. And I, I'm going to mention a few of them here. I, I can't, you know, um, mention all of them. But for example, uh, Tupi uh, is financing uh, ABH2 uh, to act as an accredited um, organization um, at the Brazilian uh, codes and standards association. This is very important because uh, we need to establish codes and standards uh, for the various technologies that we're going to use in the country. 
in addition to that, recently, uh, ABHU has uh, organized and held two events. One was a Brazilian uh, Congress on Hydrogen, and the other one was an international Congress on Hydrogen held uh, in partnership with new energy events. And in these events, we had the participation, active participation, for example, of Trench, Rossi, Watanabe, Toyota, Air Liquide, White Martins, Lind, Air Products, Speak, Engie, AES Brazil, New Energia, Iberdrola, and Norsu, Hydrobras. So uh, one thing that we could, uh, let's say, ask is why are all these companies so interested in this hydrogen energy area in Brazil? Part of this answer has already been answered by the previous presentations, but I'm going to give you some uh, further information on that. And for that, I would like to have the next slide, please. With this uh, next slide, we are going uh, to speak on the uh, potential that Brazil has uh, to produce hydrogen in the country. Uh, would you please get me the next slide? Okay. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, so as uh, it has been mentioned here, uh, Brazil produces oil and gas, and obviously uh, the hydrogen that is produced in Brazil, mostly captive hydrogen, in a few industries is for um, the uses already mentioned uh, um, in, in the Brazilian industry and, and produced out of natural gas. And um, in the future, Brazil can also uh, produce uh, hydrogen from natural gas uh, with CO2 uh, capture and storage or even with experiences that are already in place in Brazil nowadays, like uh, uh, to use the CO2 in enhanced oil recovery. Uh, Brazil has one of the biggest uh, experiences in the world in this area. But uh, what is remarkable uh, regarding hydrogen in Brazil is the great potential to produce renewable hydrogen. So, uh, for example, uh, nowadays in Brazil, the production of biogas is very intense. We have like uh, 640 industries producing biogas all through the country uh, nowadays. And this expectation is that in 2040, we will reach something like 80 giga normal cubic meters of biogas being produced in the country, um, which could be responsible for 11% of the whole hydrogen produced in the world today. 
And with a, something very particular and interesting is that when we produce hydrogen out of natural gas, we do the water vapor reforming uh, of natural gas. But upon utilizing biogas, it is possible to perform the dry reforming of biogas. And this is a condition very uh, important in the sense that if CO2 is captured, then we may have negative emissions because uh, the carbon that we have uh, in biogas or in other biomasses uh, didn't come from underground. So it is uh, the result of uh, photosynthesis that was made before in many cases. Uh, we also have uh, a great availability of uh, biomasses in Brazil because Brazil is an agro-industrial country. So uh, several types of waste biomasses can be used to produce hydrogen in Brazil. And also ethanol, because Brazil is a major uh, world player on the ethanol industry. And ethanol itself is a hydrogen carrier, is a product that can be used to produce ethanol, but, but there is also sub-products in the production of ethanol that can be adventurously used to produce hydrogen in Brazil. In addition to that, there is something very new and not uh, very well known yet by many, which is natural hydrogen. Yes, we have hydrogen uh, in the earth, in the subsurface uh, of our territory. And this has been proved already uh, in several areas in Brazil. So it is very likely that in the future, we will have uh, natural hydrogen wells in Brazil in the same way that we have natural gas wells in Brazil nowadays. Most of them will be on the continent. Uh, well, we, produced, uh, we produce a lot of uh, uh, gas today uh, offshore. Uh, Brazil has a certain geothermal potential which has not uh, been, uh, let's say, explored yet. Uh, and we also are developing ocean energy uh, to produce electricity with which we can also produce hydrogen by uh, water electrolysis. And um, experiences were already made in, in the Northeast in Brazil. And now a new effort is being done in the southeast of Brazil. But what is really remarkable when we talk about producing hydrogen out of water electrolysis is the great potential Brazil has for wind energy and solar energy. Um, this has been already mentioned here, especially in the Brazilian Northeast and in in the south of the country. But something is special is the possibility to have the hybrid utilization of solar and wind energy. 
in such a way that one technology can uh, stabilize the intermittence of the other one. So this is a very nice uh, prospect uh, uh, for producing hydrogen in Brazil. Of course, uh, we also produce uh, most of our electricity from a hydroelectric power plant. So we also have this input uh, of electricity to produce hydrogen. But one, uh, uh, let's say, different approach that we have in Brazil um, with respect to other uh, countries is that in addition to the effort to produce uh, hydrogen utilizing uh, water electrolysis, we have a variety of possibilities uh, to produce renewable hydrogen in Brazil, uh, utilizing also uh, biomasses and in the future, natural hydrogen. So uh, this great potential that Brazil has uh, to produce hydrogen is being developed. And if we see in the map that I'm showing this presentation, the states there are highlighted uh, with a darker green are states that have already announced hydrogen hubs in Brazil. Uh, some of these hubs are directed to produce hydrogen from water electrolysis. Others uh, are working on green ammonia or the utilization of hydrogen in the transport sector. So what is important in Brazil is that uh, hydrogen is being viewed as a commodity to be used in the country to help our decarbonization, which is already important, and also for uh, exportation. So these are the main uh, possibilities that I would like to comment about uh, hydrogen production in Brazil and the enormous possibilities that we have in the country and that we are very much open for international collaboration and especially this event made in collaboration with Germany I think it's very important because we have several Germany companies installed and working in Brazil for several years. And I think this is a good starting point for us uh, to collaborate with Germany. Thank you very much. Thank you, Paulo Emilio. So I think uh, so far we have seen uh, from your perspective, uh, uh, comments and presentation, the diversity of resources and how we can combine these resources to provide, you know, a flexible and reliable supply of, of hydrogen. We heard from Maike uh, 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 this uh, uh, connection between 
the current status of energy policy in Germany and research and 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 and, and the ambition on on the German side and how we can uh, uh, work together to connect. Uh, uh, what uh, Brazil and Germany can do together to scale up this market. And we heard from Andre uh, uh, um, how companies are ready to put in place investments, uh, work to establish the supply chains, uh, make the technologies deliver the ambition that, uh, that we have seen. And Agnes started speaking uh, about the, the policies in place in Brazil so uh, and, and providing this overall uh, perspective. So to finish, uh, we have, uh, I would like to close this uh, with uh, inviting Carlos Alexandri to come back to the policy side of this equation and, and here uh, and, and ask you to close this panel, Carlos, by uh, trying to connect and, and, and you have been leading the wor uh, working group with Germany on uh, on co-leading the working group on uh, with Germany uh, on hydrogen, so that we can uh, accelerate that with the industry. So, how how would you, um, from a policy perspective, uh, you know your your remarks, so that we can close this round uh, of the the round of this panel. Thank you, Thiago. Uh, well, it's always. Uh a bad position after several experts to summarize what they did, what they said. But uh, I would like to emphasize and, and to highlight the importance of the collaboration between Brazil and Germany. Uh, as you uh, have the opportunity to hear, uh, Agnes mentioned that one of the axes of our national program is related to collaboration. And it's, uh, it's very, very important to, to mention that Brazil and Germany has a long-lasting collaboration and a partnership in terms of energy. And this is very important and crucial for this moment in terms of uh, enhancing and developing our, our policies related to hydrogen and or green hydrogen. And uh, also important to mention that uh, more than 60% of uh, companies in Germany that deals with uh, hydrogen has have sub, sub, subsidiaries in, in our country. And more than 95% of companies that are included in Global Hydrogen Council also have subsid, subsidiaries in our country. So it's, uh, it's clear for us the necessity, the need of collaboration between Brazil and Germany uh, to enhance and improve our market of green hydrogen. Uh, that's was, that was my, my final, that were my final comments related to, to, to this market. And I'm looking forward to see uh, uh, many companies investing in our, in our country so that we can uh, once more collaborate to uh, a mutual goal. Thank you, Kalex. Uh, we are sharp. Uh, we have to finish uh, uh, in, uh, 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 now, but um, I would like to hear from uh, my colleagues. Any very brief final comment? Anyone uh, has a firing comment? Uh, Andre, so uh, you have 30 seconds. <laughs> 
just uh, my only comment is think of what uh, how important this is for the Brazilian-German relationship and the, why not to say the Mercosur uh, European Union uh, trade agreement. Imagine if we start trading energy at scale in this partnership, uh, what the world can be. Thank you, Tiago. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Andrea. Uh, I think what you highlight is, is the importance of energy in our relations and the importance in trade and how this is, uh, this is actually being part of the Brazil-Germany uh, relation then, and we should uh, continue strengthening that. I think that's a very clear uh, uh, message. And thank you for, for, for taking the time uh, uh, and, and making that comment. And, and I think it's a perfect... Uh, way to close this session. Uh, as we see, uh, uh, hydrogen is, a, is a, a key topic for the uh, German energy policy. It's been also on top of the agenda in, in Brazil. Uh, so thank you to all of our panelists uh, for, for this, uh, uh, this contribution to the hydrogen uh, policy discussion. And we'll be soon back to, to, uh, to our next panel which is uh, focused on uh, biofuels, the role of modern bioenergy and advanced biofuels in a net zero future. We'll be back in a minute. Thank you.